Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor so Vinny. I never spoke about being a coach until fairly recently when people just said, oh, you're my coach. And I thought, mm, okay. So I am really in tune and attuned to helping a business owner find their place where they're stuck, they're holding back, and um, it could be money, it could be time, it could be relationships, it could be energy, it could be just a few words in a conversation. It actually could be branding, weirdly enough. I did something, I've done some things with branding, I will talk about it, but um, so it's really mentoring the client mentoring the business owner to their highest potential without going like this and going in an upward trending cycle. Would you then, I guess, before you started calling yourself a coach more recently, would you call yourself a mentor? Well, I mean, I'm assuming you had some type of title on yourself. You know, it's really funny. I didn't. Um, people would say I was their therapist, I was the healer, I was the mentor, I was the business butt kicker, I was their miracle maker, I was their secret weapon. That's the weird, and I was writing an email today to my tribe about this, and um, I never had a title. Um, you know, you kind of call me a spiritual business warrior if you really want. I get the business. I've helped businesses get sold, uh, scale and sell for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, I've helped a lot of people go from idea to big or just idea to, you know, six figures if that's all they want. Um, but it's really about taking that consciousness and that thing where somebody has woken up to things don't need to be like this anymore. There is a better way. And there is somebody who gets my spirituality and can help accentuate that while growing my business and giving me more time and energy and freedom and great relationships. Well, I, I guess let me change the question. If mm -hmm. what's your elevator pitch then? If someone's going, hey, Siobhan, what do you do for a living? How would you describe it or how would you respond to them in, in a short window of time? So I help you create miracles in your life. You want one? Easy enough. Fair enough. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's rewind a little bit then. Let's talk about the the miracle child, right? Yeah, exactly. Who was a, a young uh, young Siobhan? Oh gosh, um, super sensitive. I could see and feel and hear all kinds of things with people. I didn't know that everybody didn't have this. Um, I really just looked around and couldn't figure out why people weren't telling the truth. They were saying things out of their mouth. And yet the things that were going on in their head weren't the same. And I was very confused by it. So I was very quiet, <clears throat> shy, introverted, whatever you call it. 11 years old, I wanted a sweater. My parents wouldn't get it for me. And they said, well, you can have it if you can find a way to earn money for it. And I didn't get an, an allowance or anything. And so I picked the lady down the street, who's <laughs> a little older lady, and my little 11-year-old wisdom um, and I went down, knocked on her door, and I said, I have a lawnmower. Can I mow your lawn? <laughs> Get paid for it. She said, isn't that interesting? My gardener just quit. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, there we go. And I had a lawn mowing route in the summer. 
and snow shoveling in the winter uh, for years. And I made a lot of bucks. I did well. <laughs> I made, I did anything I wanted with my own money. Um, and then I was a coder. And then I, uh, I had another business when I was in high school. I sold the little, uh, I sold the lawn mowing, snow shoveling route to my brother for a t-shirt. Bad sale, I know. um but uh uh had this other you know business and i ended up getting recruited in weird ways for helping people to take their computer stuff and help them code it and ended up being at like 15 or 16 like a um an operations manager like who at 15 should be an operations manager i mean nobody um and so I quit. I was like, this is you people. That's hard life. I don't, I'm not doing this. I'm 15. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went to college and I decided that I didn't want to be a coder because people who were coding were in locked in rooms and they were white and pasty and looked sick and dead. And I just, I liked the coding, but I thought I really needed to deal with my introversion. And so I actually went into marketing. <laughs> I really decided that I needed to learn how humans really communicate with each other in a way that it was going to be beneficial without all of the, um, <clears throat> you know, I could have gone on philosophical major that kind of intrigued me, but the marketing helped me take all of those ideas and say, there's a place for this. So I went to college in marketing and then, um, yeah, that's how I started so how would you describe your persona then? I mean, uh, were you more of a, I guess, a, I mean, you said introversion. I'm guessing yeah. you're talking about the idea of being somewhat of an introvert or is that not? I would say or, very severely introverted. <laughs> then was, let's say, go, rolling back then to the, um, the lawn mowing route and the snow shoveling. I mean, you have to, especially at a young kid, be okay with rejection, right? So that would be a moment of being somewhat of an extrovert of going out there and being okay with rejection. Or did you not see it in that, that way? I never thought of it that way. It never occurred to me somebody would say no. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I was very like, they need me. I'm a girl. Girls don't seem to do this. I need the dollars because I want to be free from my parents and their stupid rules. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> what part of your, your life or your world at that time, I guess before college, could you really see that introvert personality uh, play a factor? Hmm. I didn't know I was introverted. I just thought I was shy and I didn't understand how to speak to people. And really what I came about later learning and figuring out was that I can see and sense and, and understand energy in ways that very few people can. And I always have been able to. And so what was in their energy and what was in their mind and what was in their mouth weren't always matching. And I was trying to, I think what I was trying to do is put the blocks in place to figure out how to have a conversation with people. So it made sense. So, 
so how often were you calling BS on people then? If you feel like you could I didn't, tell in my head in when I was a kid, in my head, I did a lot. Okay. And then later in life, did you feel okay to call BS or I mean, cause that's, I, I mean, I, I know for myself, I mean, there was times where in my life, when I was around a new set of people, I go, I'm just going to call BS every time I see it. And that didn't work out too well. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of have to learn to adapt of how to, to have your bedside manners and everything like that. So was yeah. there a moment in your life where you felt okay to do that? Or was that shyness of saying, I can't do this because I don't want the rejection of what's going to go on or what happened there? Um, so a very significant event, I uh, moved to California, uh, met the love of my life. He died a few, about five years later in a motorcycle accident. And pretty much after that, I was like, life's too short. Don't care. Mm. And how did that, that, that mindset change your world? Um, well, there's all kinds of things that just like escape out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, that was a really sharp one. Sorry about that. <laughs> and I had to figure, I had to learn how to figure out how to, one, soften the energy. Because that is really more important about this whole thing about communication that we don't understand. Um, and after my husband died, I went and lived in the South <clears throat> for a very short amount of time. And I could see the women leading from behind in really unique ways that I'd never experienced. And here's how they would do it. They would do it like this and they'd say, I cannot stand you. And you felt like you just had love dripped all over you. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is the energy thing that makes sense with speaking truth. So it's, is it speaking truth from a good place? Yes. Only to be of value and benefit to the person. If it's going to harm them, then don't speak truth, in my opinion. Now, at this time, were you, I know you said you studied for marketing. Were you in like corporate world, working in marketing? Were you doing your own business? What were you doing for, for a living at that time? Yeah. So when my husband died, I was working for a company um, I mean, think about the sequence. It's a little, um, I'd been working for a company and I'd helped them get built. There were 12 when I started and I'd helped them get built and sold. And I was like, this thing, what these people are doing, I need this. Well, it's entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. It's entrepreneurism. And I was like, this is my jam. And so I actually went looking for people who had an idea that needed fleshed out, they needed systems, they needed the whole bit of all the things that I have the gifts at. And I could plug that in and help them grow it and expand it. And then I'd be like, okay, good, I'm good, I'm done. You got you got sold, I'm good. And, um, and uh, so I did several of those. And then I met this guy who worked at Apple. He was one of the head guys at Apple. And he said, oh, I just go in and I help them. And then I leave whenever it's time for me to leave. And I thought, mm, that's smart. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I don't need to go all the way to the sale. I can leave whenever it's time for me to leave. And um, uh, so that's when I really tweaked to that formula. And so I was working for people, but I would go in in different ways. Sometimes it'd be as a, 
as a consultant, sometimes it would be a pseudo employee, sometimes it would be, well, I wanted to see if I really wanted to help them. So I'd go in for a little bit and look at things and think, oh yeah, this would be fun. And, and so that's how that went. And then um, uh, a pharma company that I was helping build, uh, I got sick, misdiagnosed, nearly died. And I thought, oh, this is not the way pharma needs to run. This is not how my body works and the way I want to live. I'm out, I'm done. And uh, they did something out of integrity. And so it was a perfect alignment and I left and I did my own thing. How are you, I mean, how are you, how are you finding the work? How are you finding the companies? And was it, were you already established at the time? Or was it strictly word of mouth of saying, Hey, I helped this other company connecting the next person. What was happening? <laughs> no, the really interesting thing Vinny, is that I would just say, it seems miraculous that they would just land in my lap. I realized that that sounds ludicrous in the marketing world and knowing how I help people. But if I really think about it, I knew the type of people that I could serve and the type of people I was looking for. Somebody who was open and available and interested in a woman who was smart, who was a coder, who could do sales, who could do marketing, and who could help lead and grow the organization. And they weren't going to get upset because I was a woman. And that had to be, that's a unique formula, right? <clears throat> and so having that depth of clarity, I think, really drew those people and me together. What well, I mean, and I and I know you put it out into the world, right? I mean, it's the idea you have your Raz of saying, "Okay, I'm looking for white cars," and you start seeing more white cars, right? And you have to put yourself out there. So was it? I mean, at least having the conversation with people saying, "Hey, I'm looking for opportunities." Was it being open with your your journey with other people? I mean, I've had people on here that knew they wanted to work at the Olympics and they sent a mass email and they told everyone they talked to and the world kind of put in their laps. Right. Mm -hmm. I have a variety of people do it in different ways. And so I'm always curious about, I mean, I know it's the, the mindset yet. Yeah. There's also probably a little nugget that maybe goes. I, by the I, th I think the nugget that you're, that, that is hidden in there is that I, um, would go and be of service. So I would teach classes at, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, different community centers. I would teach meditation at different places. And I would teach things that I knew the world needed long before it was cool to do all this. And people would say, hey, can you help with this? Or you need to meet these people and do this. Okay. And I think it was being, you know, what I call it, just I have a pure, I have a heart of service and it's how can I be of service? Yes, have a little tiny, you know, breadcrumb of income just from you know, teaching at colleges. I taught at four colleges. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of, uh, one of the people I met uh, in one of my meditation classes, they said, hey, we need you to come into Motorola and teach these things and we want you to help you know, help this team really exponentiate sales in a different way than they've been because everybody's been fighting. And so little things like that would happen. And I would just be out doing, you know, what I would call just acts of service. Was there, I mean, was there ever a moment in your journey? Because I think there's a lot of people that are listening and, and people that have had in the past 
that they give back, give back, give back. Yet there's a moment that they go, I need to start thinking about myself because I don't know where my next meal is going to come or I don't know where that's going to come. Was there ever a moment like that or was it just positivity, positivity and you, you kept on finding a place to go? So here's the really interesting piece about that story is after my husband died, I really felt like I had not one thing left to lose hmm. and that it didn't matter. I was, I had everything in me and I really had nothing to lose. And I was going to be able to figure anything out in any way, no matter what. And that's really, there's a really cool little thing that my dad, uh, my dad flew out and, and, you know, everybody came out to help me and support me. And um, he said, I need you to talk to this, this woman friend of mine. And I said, okay. And, you know, I'm a mess. And, and I'm listening to this woman. She said, well, here are the steps that you're going to go through. And fortunately, she gave me the steps or I probably would have been insane. Not that I'm not insane now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, and one of the things she said is, this won't make sense. This will make zero sense to your mind right now. But I want you to agree to do this thing. I said, okay. And she said, if somebody comes to your house and you, they knock on the door and they want to take you out for coffee at 3 o'clock in the morning, you say, okay, yes. If somebody, if you're walking down the street and you meet somebody and they invite you to go do something, you go say yes. And you have an opportunity to do something that seems just absolutely insane. You have to say yes. And you have to do yes like this for at least a year. Hmm. And I was very broken, very, very, very broken. And so that really was a guide for me to just say, Okay, yes, I go do that. You know, somebody said my husband died in a my husband died in a motorcycle accident, and a friend of ours said, You want to go on a motorcycle? Now my logical brain said, Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and you know, the little thing that she said in my ear was say yes. And I said, Yes, I would. And it got me over the idea that motorcycles would be dangerous. Um you know, so a lot of yeses, a lot of really weird, does not make sense. Why the heck are you doing this? Yeses, but they've all turned out pretty cool. You said at the moment when you, when your husband passed away, you had nothing to lose. Yeah. Was there a moment since then where you go, I have stuff to lose now? Um, I don't have the same mentality about it as most people. Uh, however, I do have things and, um, I like things, but I kind of operate from the idea that, and I, not like I want anything taken away, not, you yeah. know, cause I've had things taken away and stolen and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think we are, we are our most divine selves when we have to figure things out and we're not so... Um, <clears throat> gripped with attachment. And it doesn't mean that I don't have attachments. I love my phone. I love my iPad. I love my computer. I love my website. You know, I love, I love the things, you know, I like beautiful things. Um, but at the end of the day, I really think we forget to use our greatest 
creative opportunities because we're way too attached. When, when you were kind of going more with the flow, and it sounds like you probably go with the flow still to this day, and you not as good as I did before, but pretty dang good compared to most of the rest of the world. <laughs> well, and then go, going off an idea, did you start finding a flow of going? I like writing books. I need to have some consistent income coming through. I'll coach some people. I'll be a mentor to people. I'll do this. I mean, has that flow had kind of a, a more defined route to go? Oh, God, I wish it were perfect. Um, so here's how my first, I have 20 audios that are meditative and journeys to help people unlock stuff inside of them. The first one, and I, a lot of this I did kicking and screaming, by the way, <laughs> in my head. Um, I had a beautiful assistant and she said, we need to go get a headshot and get, put your face on stuff. I was like, I did not know. Don't put my face on anything. I do not want my face on anything. Oh, I have my face on everything. Right. Cause of her. Um, I had this client after I got sick, misdiagnosed, nearly died. And I started to, I started four energy healing clinics long before energy healing was anything of anything. Listen, I figure if I can grow a pharma company, I can talk about energy healing because I'm kind of good at it. And so I had four clinics and, um, you know, people would pay and it was donation based and, you know, there has to be an exchange. I don't do the free thing. It's just like there has to be a good even exchange. And so it's really about the um, idea of staying in service and knowing that there is an exchange and staying in the yes. So how I got my audio was one of the people who came to the clinic, she decided she wanted to hire me to help her. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's kind of my response. Okay. And she said, I'm going to pay you this. And I said, okay, but that doesn't sound right. I think it should probably be this. And she said, okay. And uh, she was a client and her, she was with Motown for a short time. Hmm. And she said, I want to take your voice and your teachings home with me. You need to go into the recording studio and come with me and record stuff. And I said, I am not going to record my voice. Not ever. That is not happening. Not on this planet. That was my response. Her and my assistant at the time. They hijacked me for a day and they stuck me in a recording booth and I had my first audio. Now I have 20. Um, book, kind of the same thing. The book was, I was sitting and meditating, write a book, write a book, write a book. No, I'm not writing a book. <laughs> so I've done it, a lot of it actually reluctantly. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I guess going to, I mean, for the assistant, right, that you had at that time. What was in finding that person? I mean, and we'll go on the assistant. I mean, how did how did that process come about? Because you had to find someone that wanted you to grow as they grew to push well, you to want to go forward. No, not really. I just needed oh, wow. this is this was my idea at the time. I need somebody to help me so I can go out and about and do whatever I want to do. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up always having an assistant. That's how I helped companies get built. Give me an assistant, I can accomplish miracles. So that was my mindset from day one. And so I was teaching in a class at, a, at one of the colleges here in Southern California. And this girl comes up to me and she said, I want to know how to do what you do. And I want to be you. And I said, all right, great. Go everywhere I go. 
do what I tell you. And uh, how many hours a week do you want to start? That's kind of how it came. Was she, <laughs> was she an intern or was she a paid assistant? She was a paid assistant. I believe in paying people. Fair enough. Now, uh, if if we were talking in five years, where do you see yourself? Where do you see your business going to? <laughs> Do you even have that, or is it more about the flow <laughs> for tomorrow? What's going to happen in an hour? What time is it? <laughs> is there? Is there a? I mean, a, a, do you ever think about your? I mean, I know you're. It's free flowing, and know it's things are going to happen. Give back to the world. Do you think of mortality? Um, do I think of mortality every day? Oh gosh, I've had so many near death experiences in my life. It's it's just unbelievable. Do you think of your um, legacy? I mean, of what you want to leave legacy? behind? I want to leave behind the understanding. Well, I've done it with meditation. So I know that I was one of the early, er, very early people giving, I've given over 100,000 meditation away, meditations away on this one site. And my only mission was just to give meditation away so people would wake up to meditation. Well, people are wake up to meditation. This is great. Mm. Um, it's so here's what's inside of me is how many how many leaders can i help be a good leader so that we have amazing communication styles and we can uplift business to a conscious more elevated more um <clears throat> integrous aligned way so that money and flow get to be a, con a new conversation. And, and does that mean I have a legacy? It means if I teach one person how to be a better leader, I have, a, I have two clients who turned out to be billionaires. And if I taught those two clients who are the CEOs of their companies, one little thing to be good to the rest of their employees, however many thousands of employees they have, then I did a good job. And so for me personally, um yeah i mean i i want more travel i want to hang out with friends i want to create an app that takes all of this wackadoodle stuff that's in my head and helps people do this for themselves but right now we just have programs and processes and things that that i teach people so they can go and be empowered on their own and not need me does that make sense yeah no it makes total sense do you I mean, you brought up a thing of, of good leaders. How would you define a, a, a quote-unquote good leader? Mm. Somebody who is awake to their own consciousness, who is really going to walk the talk. They're on the stage, the same person on the stage as they are at home. Mm. Um, they're willing to say, I don't know, let me figure it out. Or I think I know, but I want to check it out. Uh, they're willing to look at themselves at ways, because I'm a little direct after all of that loss. I'm a little direct now. Mm. Um, like one of my CEO clients, she decided to call me her benevolent butt kicker. <laughs> and um, and uh, it's really about how can I help them hear differently and not be in such a rigid way of growing their business or a rigid way of expanding. So consciousness, you know, our own spirituality allows us to be actually really much better entrepreneurs 
if we deal with our spirituality and money and the growth of an organization at the same time, that's an awesome leader. In my how opinion. Do, yeah, no, and, and I mean, how do you I mean, how do most people balance it? In, in Again, in your opinion, do most people balance? Because as an entrepreneur, right, you have to be somewhat strong-minded and saying, I have an idea. I'm okay with rejection. I know people want what I, I have. Yet also balance out the idea of being a good leader where you go, I don't know everything. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I need to ask someone else for, for help. I mean, what's that, that balancing act like, look like to you? So we use a process called um, the six wheels. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial. So six, six segments. And generally people who are work are, are entrepreneurs is they have maybe two, maybe three. Um, very few have three. And the idea is you have to deal with your money stuff and you have to deal with your physical stuff in order to be the best leader you can be. Because if you can't deal with those two things, um, your energy is going to be off and you're going to be, you're going to be rude or sharp or you're actually not going to be as creative as you possibly can be to achieve something that seems ludicrous just ludicrously possible it's just like out of out of control and then you have to um you have to find a way to to understand that more is not better it's less in the right direction at the right time and it's really also being dealing with that that friction point that occurs Kind of like you know a seed that we did a little eight podcast eight series of podcast about the idea of a seedling of an idea all the way all the way up to a forest as a metaphor for entrepreneurs and growing and scaling right mm. and so in the seed you know there's a lot of friction with the seed and generally being okay with that friction and you know exploring and looking to um uh, invite others in without breaking it or, or, or doing something that seems out of integrity with yourself. So let's just use, I don't know, I geek out on tech. So let's use funnels, for example, right? Um, and funnels are really interesting, but for a female business owner, they actually need to be done differently than a male business owner. Kind of interesting. Don't know that until you really get in there and do that. Um, the conversation and the copy has to be different just enough so whoever the audience is can hear it. And so it's really about being okay to listen to that and not trying to be something that you're not. Because uh, as soon as you try to be something you're not, uh, maybe you have those two pieces that are working. Those two pieces that are working are going to start to fail. And then you're going to have to like start all over and go create from the bottom of the pit. Um, I mean, I'll finish off with this question. I mean, if you could talk, I mean, to your, to your younger self, that person that before, I guess your husband passed away, that one that was more of an introvert, right? Or maybe someone listening right here, that's a, that's a more of an introvert in their, in their world. What advice would you give them kind of trying to figure out who they are and how they can basically share their message with everyone? Mm, I love that question. Um, cause I did this, but not well. Um, 
I did sales and I did okay, right? Uh, but I really know, and this is where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. Even people who are making a lot of money, they get stuck in the sales thing. Um, and make friends with sales, the process, the language, having a sales conversation, love being sold to, um, make really good friends with sales. You know, if you see something that is intriguing to you around sales, because the sales piece inside of you, no matter what you're going through, is always, 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 always going to get you out of any problem that you ever have. Yeah. The, um, I mean, you can have the best product allowed, I mean, out there, but if you're not selling it, uh, it's not going to do any good. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Siobhan, for, for being here. I appreciate um, all the time, all the information. I mean, all the, the wisdom you've offered here. If someone's listening and, and they're looking to to follow your journey, get more information, maybe get into, I guess, your quote-unquote new classification of coaching, uh, <laughs> what would be the best way of, of them getting more information? Yeah, they can go to SiobhanMoran.com, S-H-E-E V-A-U-N-M-O-R-A-N.com. And then we've got three areas where you can download stuff and take quizzes and kind of explore and figure out, oh, I need to know stuff about me. Now, here's the one thing that's secret about this is you want to be even more ruthless with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And don't say, oh, I got that figured out. Mm -mm. If you don't have the result you want, you don't have it figured out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's. I think there's a powerful message right there to finish it a strong right there. If uh, if you don't have it uh, uh, figured, I mean, well, say it again one more time. If you don't have what you want, you don't have it figured out, or you don't have it working out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you guys for for listening. Thank you, Siobhan, uh, for for being here. Everyone, please subscribe. Please share. Siobhan's information is in the show notes. So easy click on it go follow her uh follow us and please subscribe talk to you guys later thank you for listening to the road to growth success of an entrepreneur please like subscribe and stay connected visit www.theenriquezgroup.com yeah i created a website hope to see you again next week the enriquez group signing off